podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. and welcome to the Cop Table podcast where tonight we are previewing the Leicester versus Liverpool game this coming Boxing Day. Top of the table clash isn't it boys and uh, joining me tonight for Leicester side of things we have Pete Selby. Pete uh, runs the For Fox Sake Leicester podcast and uh, being a guest with us previously on the Cop Table a few times now haven't you Pete how are you mate? Yeah been on a few times I'm Really good, even though the last few uh, performances ain't been quite up to scratch after a uh, club record uh, winning sequence. But hey, can't complain, can you? Second in the league going into Christmas, well, second in the league on Christmas Day. Uh, there can only be one team who's better than that. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they're, they're coming to town this uh, this Boxing Day, aren't they? So. Joining us as well for Liverpool, we have Jay Riley. You can catch Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday Talk Show at the Cop HQ on Twitter and regular with us on the Cop Table. So, how are you, Jay? Uh, good, Peter. You know, looking forward to Christmas, the festive period, but also, you know, the football, plenty of football all the time over Christmas as well. And, you know, we start off, don't we, with a game against Leicester, top of the table clash, as you said before. and vitally important Liverpool get the three points yeah massive uh, massive fixture coming up for, for both sides really and yeah we're going to start off um, talking to, to Pete about Leicester before we uh, move over to the, the Liverpool stuff so Pete tell us a little bit about the previous performance against Manchester City obviously 3-1 to City but what was your, your thoughts on the game and how did Leicester uh, perform in that one please I think it was relatively straightforward, really. I think Man City played very well. I think Leicester slightly underperformed from what they have been doing recently. But you're talking about a side who are Bucky's favourites to win the European Cup. They are one of the best sides in Europe. Yes, they've slightly underperformed in the Premier League this year, but only slightly. And they um, they had a, they had a game plan against Leicester. They uh, they easily isolated our left-back bencher while they played Mares way out wide and they just hung back Kevin De Bruyne on that right side to, to leave a gap between the two. And, and, it, and it meant that they had a lot of access to, to the right and, and Mares had a great game. But, but Leicester didn't really turn up. They didn't really have any possession. They didn't really create any chances from building play in the, the Man City half. They scored a, a typical, as you would say, Leicester goal, brilliant goal by the most informed striker, or well, one of the most informed strikers, you'd have to say in Europe, in Jamie Vardy. And um, 
a thoroughly deserved win from Man City. 3-1, it could have been 4 or 5. Thankfully, it wasn't. On top of a draw against Norwich, which there was one or two possible errors by the manager in terms of playing the wrong formation and making two substitutions to change the formation against Norwich to how he wanted or maybe should have played at the start. And that's by Rodgers' own um, admission as well after the game. And also substitution uh, in the actual after that strange uh, incident with a, uh, instead of giving the ball back to the goalkeeper, as you may remember. A bit of a strange thing to do immediately after scoring a goal as well. Normally you get a guy who's going to come onto the field of play after a goal is scored. Normally they get told to sit back down, just to give it a couple of minutes. That didn't happen. So there's a few question marks, but I don't think really any of them have any effect on the game against Liverpool. So a club record in the Premier League, eight wins on the bounce, second in the league, even after the draw against Norwich and the defeat to Man City. So you can't complain at all. Ten points behind Liverpool. Um, I don't think it would have any basis whatsoever on what happens on Boxing Day. I really don't. I think the team are going to be fully prepared for that. I think they're going to play they, the way that they like to at home. I think they're going to start with the formation and the team that Rodgers wants rather than what's happened in the previous games. That makes any difference. I think um, it, w- it would just be the lesson that we've seen, whether that's good enough to beat Liverpool. We'll wait and see. But um, I think the, the question marks going into the game are more on the Liverpool side of things in terms of the fact that they've been abroad and played in these Club World Cup championships. I think that's the more of a question mark. Whether that has any bearing in the game, it will probably early on in the first 20 minutes whether Leicester be able to get in front or take advantage of any um, sloppiness or kind of lack of Premier League match sharpness by Liverpool. Whether that comes into account, we just don't know. I think it's going to be an amazing game. And um, do I think it's going to have anything kind of bearing on the season? Probably not in terms of Leicester because I don't think they are title challenges, we maybe might have to readdress that if anything happens in the next few months, but um, I think it's an important game nonetheless, but I think the first 20 minutes will pe- will, will really bear a huge factor on what happens in the, in the remainder of the game. Great stuff, thanks Pete for your uh, insight there into the, to the last game for Leicester and uh, thoughts, which we will get some more thoughts towards the, the fixture on Boxing Day shortly, but Jay, just going to go back over our, our past uh, couple of games. Well, first of all, Wofford, and then we're going to go on to the to the World Club Cup. So just um, give us your thoughts on, on the Wofford performance, please, Jay. Yeah, going into the game, I did say, didn't I, on the previous podcast, that I expected it to be a tough game, pure and simply because Liverpool potentially might have had one eye on the, the Club World Cup. And also the fact that Watford really had just changed manager and Nigel Pearson, we all know what he's all about. He used to manage Leicester and, you know, he's got them well drilled and that's what I expected from them. I mean, I do think they're in a little bit of a false position. I think they've got some very good players, as I touched on on the last podcast. I mean, the and Kapui in the middle of the park and Monsters and Delafeu is a very dangerous player as we've seen at Anfield the other week and also Troy Deeney had returned to the side as well who's a battering ram up front so I fully expected it to be tough and that's exactly what happened I mean going into the game you've seen plenty of Liverpool fans on social media saying let's play the same team that played against Everton in the derby and make five or six changes and there's just not a chance that Liverpool were going to make that many changes because 
like look at this now. We've had a twelve day gap before our next Premier League game, and it was vitally important to get the three points. And you know, Liverpool had to dig in. You know, make no mistake, Watford done very well in the game, and they had quite a few chances, really, didn't he? And Mo Salah had to score a, a fantastic goal in the first half, and then right to the death, really, with a with a flick that went in through the, the, the defender's legs, and. You know, two 0 probably flattered us really to an extent because I thought Watford gave a very good account of themselves and the fighting for their lives, and it didn't surprise me in the slightest that they've then now gone on to beat Manchester United as well because we all know it's a very poor Manchester United team, probably the worst United team in our lifetime, and you know the stats will back that up as well for the last thirty years. And yeah, they might have beat Man City recently, and they might also have beaten Spurs, but. Them type of teams suit United because they also got a point against Liverpool because you can soak up the pressure and their teams on the counter attack. When they play against the lesser teams, that's when United tend to struggle because we all know Oli Gunnar is clueless and he's totally out of his depth. But you know, as as regards Watford, I think they'll be fine. I really do. I think they were just going through the motions really under under uh, Kike Sanse Flores. I don't think really the players were playing for them and they had to make the change. And Nigel Pearson will keep them honest. And I think. That's a vital three points, really, when you think about it, because they might have been bottom of the table, but as we've just touched on there, they've just gone on to win a game as well. So I think they'll be fine. I think that was a big three points because it gave Liverpool that buffer then going to Qatar to win the World Club Cup. So you know it was it was a great result, all things considered. Yeah, and then we we moved on to the to the World Club Cup in in Qatar, didn't we? Um, Played Monterey in the in the semi final and then moved on to the final against the Flamengo and Jurgen Klopp did chop and change a little bit didn't he? he sort of rested quite a few of the sort of big hitters if you like for the for the first game and and brought them back for the final the likes of Trent and um, Bobby Firmino all all came on late didn't he Virgil Van Dijk another one who, who didn't play against um, Monterey but yeah to come away from from that tournament now. Jay with the um, World Club Cup champions, champions of the world. A lot of fans are saying things like that, but obviously it's it's not um, a competition familiar with a lot of people. But how important is this in the for the for the history of the club moving forward? That being having the title of this World Club champions. Well, yeah, it's great because it's a trophy that Liverpool have, have never ever won in our history. So. Thankfully, we have now, and now we're the world champions, not only European champions, but the world champions. And, you know, it's, it's massive really as, as a global thing for Liverpool. And, you know, like I say, it's, it's one of them things where, you know, we had to sacrifice the Caribou Cup for it, but, you know, the prestige involved in winning this tournament is a lot bigger than winning the Caribou Cup. And it's also financially better for Liverpool as well. So, you know, I do think it's a big thing. And in years to come, this is going to get bigger and bigger because the tournament sort of like expands, doesn't it, next year? And Liverpool are going to be in it again as well, aren't they? So it's going to be more, more teams involved in it. So, you know, I think that it's a massive thing for Liverpool to win it. It's classified as a major trophy. We've now gone 47 to 45 over Manchester United as the most successful club in England as well. And it's just good to be winning trophies. I mean, we've been starved of it for so long. I think it was six years. Now all of a sudden we've just, we've just won three in the space of six months. And, you know, it breeds confidence, doesn't it? Moving on forward into this season where we're hoping that we can win the Premier League and, People will say, yeah, it's the first ever Premier League, but we've been champions of the country 18 times, haven't we? It's, you know, football wasn't invented in 1992 the way 
some of the Sky Sports fans like to say it. You know, the likes of United and Chelsea and Arsenal fans, Man City fans like to give a stick over it. But you know, the fact of the matter is, we've won it 18 times, and hopefully this season it's going to be 19. And it's just it'd be great to win the Premier League. Of course it will, because we've waited such a long time, 30 years, which has been far too long. And you know, all the evidence now is that Liverpool are massive favourites to win it. We shouldn't really blow it from here, but. You know, last season we had a little bit of a gap as well and it, it just didn't happen. But first and foremost, we got this trophy on board to add to the Super Cup. So it's been a very good start of the season. No doubt about that. And, you know, when you analyse the two games that we had in Qatar, I mean, first game, inevitably he was going to make changes. He was going to make, you know, a few, you know, the squad players were going to play, shall we say. And Virgil van Dijk took ill, didn't he, before that game against the Mexicans and, you know, you look at it and think Jordan Endes has never played centre half in his life and he had to fill in and I thought he'd done quite well there to be fair. But, you know, at times the defence did look a little bit ropey and it's, it's to be expected because we also had Milner playing and at right back didn't we as well. So, you know, it wasn't ideal and they did cause us a few problems and I thought they were quite physical really and they weren't quite as bad as what we expected because, you know, it did take an injury time winner from Bobby Firmino. We had to bring the cavalry on, didn't we really? Firmino, come on. Manny, come on. Trent Alexander-Arnold came on and, you know, two of them players combined for the winning goal. And thankfully we got to the final because, you know, you don't want to be travelling all that way for this competition, seven-hour journey and, you know, to compete in it. You want to win it. So the, the fact of the matter is Liverpool got to the final, thankfully, and we were up against the, the Brazilians, Flamengo, and all the talk was that this is the best team to come out of Brazil for 30, 40 years. So they had high hopes for it. You know, in years gone by in this competition, Real Madrid and Barcelona have swept the board. I think Real Madrid have won it four times and Barcelona have won it three times, if, if I'm right in saying. Um, Manchester United are the only other English team to have won it now, obviously Liverpool as well, but you know, this was a very, very tough Flamingo team, Brazilian side, and they had a few players there that we all knew from the European days. Rafinha had played for Barcelona. You'd also had Felipe Luiz, who had a good career at Atletico Madrid. He had a spell at Chelsea, which didn't work out for him, but we've also got the forward, Gabby Gold up front, who's been, he's an Inter Milan player, isn't he? But scores goals for fun for Flamengo. But I just thought going into the game, I was expecting it to be obviously goals galore, chances galore, but it, it was a very tight, cagey game. I mean, Liverpool should have took the lead early on. Firmino missed an absolute sitter, didn't he? And then Keita had a really good chance and Alexander Arnold had a chance. But then after that, Liverpool struggled, I thought, at times. And, you know, the Brazilians done really well, but what you got to analyse was there was a lot of dirty ticks going on. There were little, little cheap fouls and tactical fouls here and there, as you probably would expect. And the referee was an absolute disgrace. I mean, the game was far too big for him. And what epitomised it for me was the, the decision right at the end where Sadio Mane goes through. And OK, fair enough, it may well have just been outside the box, but it's a clear foul. He goes to check VAR after giving the penalty initially. And then not only does he not he overrule the penalty decision, it should really then have been a free kick to Liverpool and a sending off for Rafinha. And what does he do? He gives a drop ball. I mean, what was that all about? I mean, if anything, it should have been a goal kick if he didn't think there was a foul because Mane hit, has hit the ball out of play. So it was just shambolic refereeing, really. And he, everything 
he bought everything. He fell for absolutely everything that they'd done. There was an incident on Jordan Henderson in the second half where it, the fellas like got his arm round his neck, pulled him to the ground. It's a hundred percent penalty. Should have been checked by VAR. Wasn't checked, and you know they got got away with one. It was a shambles, really. The referee, and if if they want clubs to take this tournament seriously, then they need to sort out the officiating of it because I thought it was a shambles, really. But Liverpool's superiority shown through in the end, and. Thankfully, after Firmino missed the sitter in the first minute, he also had a chance at the start of the second half that he hit the inside of the post. But thankfully, he redeemed himself in extra time and scored a very good goal. And Liverpool really saw the game out very well. And you know, with the world champions now, and it's fantastic. Great stuff. Cheers, Jay. Okay, then back over to, to you, then Peter. Just going to ask you a little bit about um, about Leicester's home form, if you like. Uh, the previous results, obviously, was. It was a 1-1 and um, draw against um, Norwich and then they went away to Manchester City. But I was just looking at, at Leicester's form. Do, does it seem that they're, they're more suited their style of play to play in away games where they can hit teams on the counter-attack, they can use the pace, they can catch teams on the break where at home they seem to to be a little bit more um, conservative, if you like, and, and, and wait for teams to sort of, um, well, they take the lead to the say and, and try and get at teams first and teams hit them on the break then. So how do you see Leicester's form and do you, do you think they are more suited to playing away from home at the moment? In, in an ideal world, that's that's how you would label this Leicester side. But uh, I don't think it really counts when you're playing against a side like Liverpool because Liverpool are going to have a lot of possession. They're going to have a lot of play. But also that would then play into Leicester's hands in a way because of the counter-attacking style that that you mentioned. When we won the league a few years ago, it was all about the counter-attack, sitting back, uh, being very narrow, letting teams get the ball into the box and we can head it clear through Hoof and Morgan. Um, Leicester have, have developed. Yes, we've still got Vardy up front and the game against Man City showed how still we're probably the best counter-attacking side in the Premier League uh, through having Jamie Vardy up front. But when a team like Liverpool come to the King Power, it all changes. When we're playing against a lower um, league opposition, they tend to sit and, and it's Leicester's impetus to try and break them down. And that's where we can kind of falter compared to the bigger teams like, say, Liverpool and, and, and Man City, for example, who have got the players to break down a side who are sitting. And we've tried to develop that and trying to work on that through signing a few players like uh, Iosi Perez, for example, prime example of a player bought to break down a side who are sitting back. But when Liverpool come to town, it's slightly different because they have a lot of the play as well. So it turns into a, a more even kind of game. So I don't think um, the counter-attack style will be automatically employed by Leicester. I think Leicester in the first 20 minutes especially will try and possibly take advantage of maybe Liverpool being slightly sluggish through being away for, as we've heard, their uh, their exploits over in uh, in Doha and Qatar etc and um, and I think that's what what they'll try and do to try and get a foothold in the game to try and get in front as well and really take advantage of what possibly might be a sluggish Liverpool start that might not happen you never know Liverpool might come flying out of the blocks and go look we'll try and take the game to Leicester and we'll see what happens from then on we know that Liverpool can obviously break with the quick forwards that they've got the probably best three forwards in world football in a club side. But uh, 
I think it will be a very interesting first 20 minutes. I can't see Leicester playing any other way apart from having their traditional formation at home would be a flat back four with Ndidi sitting. And then you have uh, Tillemans just behind three players, either what will probably be Barnes, Madison, and then Perez on the right with Vardy up top. That might change. I've got half an inkling that they'll play all Brighton in this game just to kind of nullify or try and half nullify the Liverpool right side through Trent Alexander-Arnold getting forward and having someone like Albrighton who can drop back and give assistance to the fullback and also then cause problems going forward. I think on the other side, it will be very interesting because I can't see Leicester changing any way, shape or form what they would do. So Robertson will get forward, as you guys know he will do for Liverpool. But I think Leicester will also possibly kind of accept that in a way because I think you've got the best two sets of fullbacks in the Premier League playing here, the best two for Liverpool and probably numbers two on each side for Leicester, Chilwell and uh, Ricardo Pereira. And I think Leicester might actually accept Robertson getting forward and maybe giving them a little bit of space, which obviously is dangerous, but having then Pereira the ability to go forward and really attack is a fabulous fullback, absolutely tremendous fullback. He's a winger turned fullback. And getting forward, he is as good as a winger as you would kind of get in the Premier League, and yet he is playing in the fullback position and a very competent defender that he is. But uh, I think that's that, that'll be interesting how the two wings play. I think Leicester might go defensive on Chilwell's side and left side, and, and then Chilwell can make those overlapping runs, as we know we can do for, for club and country. But on the right, I think Leicester might take a risk and say, look, we'll try and get forward and push Ricardo beyond maybe the runs of Robinson and, and maybe take a slight risk. So it'll be very interesting. I can't see any massive difference to the Leicester side apart from really giving this go early on and seeing if they can possibly catch Liverpool cold, whether that's the case. will. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Yeah, like you say, it's it's got to be very interesting to see how both both managers line up the, the teams tactically, isn't it? With, um, with like you say, Say with the fullbacks both liking to like to bomb on and whether they might rein them in slightly. We it's like you say it's going to be fascinating to to see what both managers do. But Jay, just going over to yourself, uh, we can touch on a couple of the points that that Pete made there. But first of all, our injury situation. Obviously, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain picked up a, an injury in the out in in Qatar and. He's, I think he's definitely going to be ruled out for the game, isn't he? We've also got Matip Lovren and uh, Jeannie Wijnaldum, who have all all been on the sidelines recently. So, um, given the fact that that they're, they're likely not to play, how do you see um, Jurgen Klopp lining up with this one? Do you think he's going to make uh, a few changes, or is it is it full strength? How do you see it? Well, I think he's got to go full strength because you've got to show the respect to Leicester being second place in the Premier League. So 
I know we've just played literally there's a five day gap, isn't he, from the final against Flamengo on Saturday to this game on Boxing Day against Leicester, but you know, the respect's gotta be there and we've got to go full strength of what's available. Um to be honest with you, yeah, I think the team that started in the final is probably regardless of, you know, anything else about fatigue and all that, because this is such a big game. Providing everyone's fit, other than Oxlade Chamberlain who started the game, I think you'll find that the, the, the other ten are going to start the game really, and it's going to be interesting to see if Genie Wijnaldum is going to be back fit available for it because he did make the bench in the final on Saturday, but whether or not he will be deemed fit and available to start the game at Leicester is another matter. But if he is, then I think that'll just be the change. Wijnaldum will come into the sides for Oxley chamberlain but we don't know yet, do we, how, how bad he is or how fit he is to start the game. Um, you know, you've got to analyse it and think Liverpool did mix it up a little bit because in the semi-final against Monterey, we didn't play everyone. I mean, Mane had a little bit of a rest. Firmino had a little bit of a rest. Trent Alexander-Arnold had a bit of a rest. And obviously Virgil van Dijk missed that game as well. So, you know, a five-day gap, it, it should be ample time. I know you've got to factor in the travelling and the time difference because I think it was three hours difference, wasn't it, in Qatar and you know, obviously a seven-hour flight's not ideal. But I think, you know, what they'll do now is they've probably had a little bit of rest time. They'll enjoy Christmas, won't they, Christmas Eve, but they will train on Christmas Day. And obviously then we've got the, this massive game against Leicester because, you know, let's be honest about it, with 10 points clear of Leicester, 11 points clear of Man City, and we've got a game in hand on both of them, really, haven't we? And if Liverpool can go to Leicester on Boxing Day and get the three points, it's absolutely huge on this match to win in the Premier League title. Make no mistake about it because we play before Man City play again. They played the 27th away to Wolves, which is a very tough game as well, and I think they drew there last season and you know, they're a very good side, Wolves, aren't they? I think the sixth at the moment and, you know, the, the big dangers really to Man City. They could easily drop points there. So Liverpool put even more pressure on their game. It's absolutely massive if we can get the three points. So yeah, you know, goal, it's, it's not great at the minute with the injuries. I have to admit, I mean, Matip's out, Lovren's out. Um, we were all a bit concerned when Van Dyke was ill because we were thinking, is he genuinely ill or has he got a knock? You know, no one was too sure where the, and, Oxlade Chamberlain being out now is another headache because Fabinho's missed the whole of December so far, hasn't he? And it's been a blow and some might say we haven't really missed them, but you know, we've tweaked the system a little bit at times in certain games and we've seen a few of the squad players come into their own really. I mean Nabi Cater's been fantastic, hasn't he? Scored three in his last four games, been superb, really showed a lot of the signs of why Liverpool spent fifty two million pounds on him. The jury's been out on him really, he's been at the club eighteen months and not really shown a great deal, being a bit stop start, hasn't it, with injuries and hasn't really learned the language very well yet and you know he's he's yet to settle properly but there's positive signs, isn't he, with you know the form that he's been in and let's hope he can continue with that because we're really going to need him because you know you analyse it now with Oxlade Chamberlain looking like he's going to face a spell on the sidelines Fabinho probably won't be back for another two or three weeks maybe um, so you're looking at James Milner Adam Lallana uh, Jordan Henderson who he's another one really um, even though he's the captain he doesn't tend to play three, four, five, six games on the spin because they try and manage him really, don't they? And he's played a lot of football lately and he did also have to, have to fill in at centre-half, as I said before, in the semi-final game against uh, Monterey. So, you know, Liverpool are probably going to have to go 
full strength in this game. There's no two ways about it. Leicester are second in the table for a reason. The form's dropped off a little bit. Disappointing draw at home against Norwich, which I've seen quite a bit of that game, to be honest. And, and I thought Norwich would, would go value for the point, really, to tell you the truth. Um, the game against Man City, I don't know too much about it because obviously it was at the same time as the Liverpool final against Flamengo in the, in the Club World Cup final. So I haven't seen too much about it. But to be honest, going into the game, I did expect Man City to win because... I do respect Leicester and they've had a very good start to the season. There's no doubt about that. They've got some very good players. But in my opinion, I still think Man City are the biggest dangers for this title. And for Liverpool to be 11 points clear of them with a game in hand, potentially could go 14 clear on Boxing Day. I think it's absolutely massive. And, you know, they are still a massive team for Liverpool to sort of like fend off, if you like, because we all know they're capable of going 10, 12, 15 games unbeaten. In fact, win. In fact, just win 15 on the spin they're more than capable of doing it and Liverpool have had a fantastic start only dropped points in one game away to Manchester United so you know you can't really envisage Liverpool mirror imaging that if you like the second part of the season we're going to go through spells where we might drop points we might draw a few games we might even lose a game or two it's it's just natural that it's probably going to happen because Liverpool's injury list now is mounting up so this game on Boxing Day is absolutely huge because if Liverpool can get the three points, it puts the pressure on City. They've got a tough game away to Wolves and let's see where we're at then. OK, cheers, Jay. Right, OK, before we um, introduce the, the music to to our listeners, what we're going to do, we're going to get a, a score prediction and your, your reasons for them, uh, like we do on each podcast. So starting off with, with you, Pete, going to get your thoughts on it. On a scoreline prediction and uh, your reasons for that, please. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's. Uh, I think most people would would kind of predict that in a way as well. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for. Um, I'm going to go for a high-scoring draw. I tell you what, three-three, which might not sound um, too <laughs> bizarre. Come half an hour into the game, when I think I think it's going to be very open. I think Liverpool, as uh, as we just heard, it, it, it's a it's a fantastic chance for them to go 14 points clear of. Of Leicester, I still think the nearest rivals are Man City. I'm under no illusion that Leicester are still just going for that top four place. We'll wait and see what happens in the next few months. You never know. We might have to readdress that situation come, say, end of Feb or March. Who knows? But um, I, I still think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, very close. Um, both sides going for the victory. Leicester have got nothing to lose at all. The point would be great. But why not go for the victory? Liverpool exactly the same. Again, a point would be a good point. But again, go for the win. And on the back of drawing against Norwich, a disappointing result, which I think was absolutely completely deserved for Norwich. I think Leicester didn't deserve to win the game at all. Second half were very poor. Coming back off the defeat away at Man City, where Man City were very good and, and Leicester again slightly off the game. I don't think that will have any account into what happens here. I can see Leicester on a very good start, maybe going one or even two goals up early on. But I can see Leicester scoring goals against Liverpool. I can see Liverpool doing exactly the same to Leicester just through having the quality of forwards that they've got and, and just eventually breaking down, maybe later on in the second half, getting a goal back or two, possibly. I can see it being 2-2 or 3-3. I'll go for the 3-3 being Christmas. Why not? Big scoreline and, uh, and, and a fantastic game and, and possibly even po- both sides leaving the King Power going, actually, I'd take that. Wow, big scoreline prediction from uh, from Pete there, 3-3. So, yeah, 
Cheers for that, Pete. We'll uh, get Jay's thoughts now. Jay, just give us your, your scoreline prediction and uh, your reasons for that, please. Well, I'm, go- I'm looking back to the game when we played Leicester at Anfield at the start of October and you knew you were in a game against a, a good side, good quality opposition, and that's what you'd expect when Brendan Rodgers with a side managed by Brendan Rodgers because we've seen it ourselves, didn't we, a few years ago. You know, we, he very nearly won Liverpool a league, really, and, you know, I, I think he, he's certainly a manager who knows the time of day. He's been to Celtic and tasted success there, hasn't he, and won quite a lot of trophies, and, you know, he's gone to Leicester, and I think it's a good fit because they've got some very good players, and he likes to play football the right way, and he's got the personnel there to make it work. And I agree with what people saying about the fullbacks. I mean, Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold are absolutely sensational in the sense that they're like wingers because the amount of assists that they get, but they're also, well, certainly Andy Robertson's very good defensively. Trent Alexander Arnold at times can get exposed, but He's getting better and better all the time. He's a bit younger, isn't he? He's 21, whereas, um, you know, Andy Robertson's 25 now. So, you know, his time will come. Trent's learning on the job all the time and getting better and better. His delivery is absolutely first class. And other than them two, though, you'd have to say Chilwell's fantastic left back. Um, probably the second best behind Robertson and then also Ricardo Pereira on the other side. I agree with what he was saying. He's fantastic as well. I mean, I'm not sure about his defending either. I think he's he's decent, but he's probably a little bit like Trent in the sense that he's more of a winger who's converted to a right-back as well. So very similar to Trent Alexander-Arnold in so many ways. But, you know, I just think when you analyse that game, no, for as good as Leicester done in terms of possession, they actually had about two shots in the whole game. And the goal that they scored through Madison was, I thought it was poor goalkeeping by Adrian, to be honest, because it went right through him. It wasn't a great strike at all. It just went through him. Should have done a lot better. And yeah. really, they didn't threaten Liverpool at all in that game. It was all Liverpool, really. And Leicester played really well, don't get me wrong, in terms of possession, ball retention. But, you know, you've got to analyse the fact that Liverpool were in command, really, throughout most of the game. And I know some might say that we got a fortuitous penalty in injury time. But the fact of the matter is... All Brighton was, was silly really with his challenge. He kicked his stand and leg and, you know, it's in the box. It's injury time. It's a penalty. Simple as that really. There was no debate in my opinion. All the uproar over it was, was a bit embarrassing really because it was a penalty all day long and Liverpool really did deserve the three points in, in that game. And I just think maybe being at home, Leicester will show a little bit more. They'll create a little bit more as well. And you've got to factor in Liverpool's travelling that we've just had there going to Qatar. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, fatigue could come into play a little bit. You never know. But then there's also the fact that we should be very confident and buoyant as well. Because as I said before, when you're winning trophies, you know, success breeds confidence, doesn't it? And, you know, winning trophies, that's exactly what it does do. So, you know, you've got to consider Liverpool are going to be really on top of the world now, aren't they, going into this fixture? And with that thought process where we can go 13, stroke 14, clear of our nearest rivals with a game in hand, you know, what more of an incentive do they want? I mean, they're going to enjoy Christmas time now, but you know, let's focus on this huge game of football. And I just look and think, you know, have Leicester got the tools to hurt us enough? And I think in Vardy, yeah, he's always done well against Liverpool. He's always been a thorn in our side. And I totally respect them. They've got some really good players. But I just think Liverpool will outscore them. And I do think Leicester will score. But I just think Liverpool will score more. So, on reflection and all things considered, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Liverpool away victory. 
3-1 away victory for Jay. Yeah, my own uh, thoughts on on the scoreline. Like like both the lads have said, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough game for both sides. But uh, like Jay has just said there about, about Liverpool and their, and their attacking prowess, I just think that that Liverpool will have um, a little bit too much for Leicester in this game. I think that they are gonna want to try and keep a, another clean sheet as well. Um, after Flamengo as well, when he was quite quite solid defensively, so um, I think it, it is going to be a very very tight game, um, and I'm going to go I'm going to go with a two nil victory for Liverpool in this one. Um, so we'll see how that goes on uh, on Boxing Day. Right, just before we go, lads, I'm just going to introduce the the music by the by the artist that's been in touch with us on uh, on Twitter to the cop table this week goes by the name of BLVD B Main. He's uh, he's based out in New York. He's uh, an unsigned rap artist there. Gonna put his uh, his his Twitter handle onto our account with uh, with the podcast once it goes out. So the song I'm gonna play for you tonight by B Main is Take Care. Gotta get paid, gotta get laid, yeah, yeah. You know about the J's, you know about the flavor, yeah, yeah. Stuck in our ways, trapped for a change. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know about the game, spell it with K's. Yeah. Come from them grams, yeah. Tan the color, my rubber band. Yeah. Pay me in cash, yeah. 20s fresh out the ATM. Yeah. Got crossed at a young age, so I swear to God I wouldn't trust again. Now. She told me she loved me, but after she loved on me, she was fucking him. What? I got in the streets, got us some beef, they know I'm busting there. Yeah. If it come down to me, I gotta live. I got me some kids. I got me some family. I know I gotta chill. PTSD, maybe the reason that I'm popping pills. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling the guilt. One at home and one on my hip. That money be cool until it get real. Then everybody wanna find a way to jump ship. Got a little sleep with a 40 to grip. My cousin say I put their life in danger. What's the reason for the pistol sub and the stick? We don't need cable. We watching the cameras. Hardly getting sleep, I'm up pacing. Filling up clip for a man just racing. Life in the movie, but Hollywood basic. Boulevard money, this ain't for the taking. Underground mob, no help from the label. I don't need you around me if your ass been faking. Everything good till they see what you're raking. Throwing a couple dollars, don't focus what I'm making. If it's too late, that love turn to hatred. I want the finest things in life, no basics. Settle for less, hell no, you crazy. They ain't nice to be here, I'm doing this for my babies. Jeans too strong, you can tell that I made them. Listen to this on YouTube, thinking that it made it. Right, my souls around the house is feeling can't fake it. Cause if I don't blow, then a nigga still made it. Them dollars I gotta make it. Yeah. Them chances I gotta take it. Yeah. You know I'm grinding, baby. I gotta feed my babies. You know I take care of mine. That boulevard done fed us here at times. Always. Who the dudes, it was nicks and dimes. You staying broke for a sort of crime. Them dollars I gotta make it. Yeah. Them chances I gotta take it. Yeah. You know I'm grinding, baby. I gotta feed my babies. No, I take care of mine. That boulevard done fit us in time. Always. Oh, the dudes was dicks and dimes. You stand broke over sorts of crimes. And that song was called Take Care from New York unsigned rap artist 
BLVD B Main. So thanks for him to getting in touch with us this week. Big thanks to the At Liverpool online Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages for putting out our, our podcasts on their on all their platforms. Thanks to the LFC Day Trippers and also if you can uh, follow the new Shed Media uh, page which is which is also putting the, the Cop Table podcast out uh, on their, their platform as well now. And uh, don't forget, as we say every week, keep up to date. Very important with the No More Knives campaign based in uh, Merseyside with, with Paul Bentley and all the guys over there doing some, some fantastic work with, um, with the young people in the area. So yeah, keep, uh, keep up with the No More Knives campaign and keep, keep on supporting the lads over there for us, please. So yeah, thanks very much, Jay and Pete, for your time. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, lads. Yeah, yeah, really did. Uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, there's no tears when Chowdhury comes on and makes a tackle, but we'll 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 skip oh, over. About him. In, enjoy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Pete, and thanks a lot, Jay. Yeah, all the best, lads. Hopefully, it'll be a cracker, and you know, enjoy your Christmas, and you know, we look forward to a great game on Boxing Day between Leicester and Liverpool. Brilliant stuff, yeah, and um, just like to echo them thoughts as well. Everybody who's listening, happy Christmas. From all of us at the cop table, have a good one, stay safe, and um, we'll be back with you for our Albles podcast uh, later on um, at the end of uh, next, probably early next week, won't it? So thanks everybody for, for listening. That was the cop table preview of the Leicester versus Liverpool game. Uh, all done. Thanks everybody once again for listening, and uh, speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Discover the new three-step pro partial range specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial. Available at Walmart. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.